Hi everyone and welcome to the Vinari podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Paola Dalstalba and I work within the R&D practice at Vinari Partners, leading the neuroscience and rare disease offering. So today, as part of our R&D hiring strategy series, I'm joined by Dr. Chris Winrow, CSO of Lucy Therapeutics. Chris is an expert in the neurodegeneration space with over 20 years experience in pharma and biotech, both in research, translational and clinical roles. So today we'll be discussing best hiring practice for new areas in fast growth biotech. Great to have you here, Chris. Hey, Paula. Very nice to be here and uh, yeah, happy to, to talk to you today. I'd love to start off our conversation, maybe if you could tell me a little bit about, you know, your background, about your role at Lucy, and also just a, a little bit more about what Lucy is currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to. So I'm, I'm CSO at Lucy Therapeutics. We are a early stage company in uh, in Waltham, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. We're focused primarily on uh, mitochondrial dysfunction and how that plays a role in a range of different diseases. And um, so it's a really exciting uh, opportunity to, to pioneer some, some work and, and develop therapies in ways that haven't been done before. Uh, in terms of my background, uh, I'm a neuroscientist by training. Uh, I was uh, at the Salk Institute for my postdoc. And then I, after that, I joined Merck and I was at Merck for about 15 years. Uh, as you said, primarily working in the early discovery space, so target identification and validation, uh, and then um, moved to uh, to the West Point campus and had the opportunity to uh, follow some programs through. I became program lead and then and then was uh, engaged in some early clinical, moving into late clinical, and ultimately uh, commercial launch. And so, really had that nice view across uh, across the industry. From there, uh, I joined a, a mid-sized company uh, called Ironwood Pharmaceuticals in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, and really great opportunity to, to, uh, to work on the neuroscience uh, aspects there. Um, we spun out a company, so going into a, a smaller company uh, called Cyclarion, and that was where I uh, had the opportunity to advance uh, you know, therapies and, and moved into a number of clinical studies, including one which was in, in a mitochondrial disease called MILAS. So that was sort of my first experience working uh, closely uh, looking at, at mitochondrial uh, targeting and, and working there. And so really was excited when the opportunity presented itself to join Lucy Therapeutics earlier in 2023, uh, join that team. And, and we're really doing a lot of, uh, you know, exciting work there. Very, very exciting things. I've heard lots going on. And from that, two questions initially spring to mind, I think. I think we're seeing a lot more translational than we ever were before. You know, the role of really linking that preclinical to that clinical side. So I'd love to see, you know, how do you see the role of translational? What specific skills or experience would you look for when hiring a translational scientist? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think uh, an appreciation for translational research has really started to emerge uh, over the past few years. And certainly during my, you know, my time, uh, I've, I've really worked hard to build that in early on, actually, into the discovery stage of, of drug development and, and discovery. And um, it's, it's what we do at Lucy. I mean, we really look for those aspects of um, you know, how you measure the endpoints in your non-clinical studies, how you can then follow that through as you think about, first of all, your, you know, phase one healthy volunteer studies, moving then into patient studies. And I, I think overall, I see translation as really building those bridges. So first, the bridge from, you know, bench work and, and, and the non-clinical studies and really sort of biomarkers or endpoints that you can engage there. Then as you think about going into the clinic, what can you carry through? And are you looking at the exact same sort of endpoints as you as you move along? And then the second bridge actually comes between those phase one studies and healthy humans 
when you now move into the patient and, and because there can be differences there, but I think it's really important to look at measuring the same endpoints, carrying along the same sort of biomarker strategies to really get value from, from evaluating the, the new approaches uh, for, your, for your target. Very interesting. It's such a new focus, you know, biomarkers. There's so much that we need to still look at. And it kind of ties into my second question is, you know, the whole mitochondrial aspect. It's such an emerging space for, well, for the biotech area in general, but also for CNS drug development. So I'd love to hear a bit about, you know, the, just the challenges, the opportunities that you do find when trying to find the best talent for this space. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, targeting mitochondria, uh, you know, there's just different companies that have been taking these approaches. I think um, it still is unique and, and our approach is particularly unique. Well, first of all, we're looking at, at CNS, um, you know, diseases. And so that brings along another level of, of complexity uh, in a lot of ways. But the way that we actually target mitochondrial function, I think, is is uh, a little different. And, and so there it's sort of finding those nexus points. Uh, we call them where you have multiple symptoms of disease you have multiple aspects of dysfunction in mitochondria and then finding those targets that are at that intersection. And so I think this is a different approach. It's been very productive for us. We've been able to advance, uh, you know, these, these type of, uh, uh, this type of an approach for, for Parkinson's disease, as well as for Rett syndrome. And I think your second question about finding, um, you know, talent and, and people to help us on that journey, um, you know, there's great scientists all, all, all over. And I think really tapping into the network, whether it's locally or globally is, is really, um, you know, what we try and do. Um, but I think there's, you know, a number of different aspects there. You look for people who are adaptable, uh, people who are willing to take some some calculated risks, willing to try new technologies and, and really purpose build that those type of approaches to support uh, the programs. And I think, you know, secondly, it is also finding individuals who have that focus on, on drug discovery and development and that ultimate goal. So there's a lot of great academic research that gets done particularly in the mitochondrial space, phenomenal biology that's there and a lot to be explored. And we need to balance that with focusing on delivering the therapies for patients. And so, you know, those type of, of skill sets, you know, people who are good scientists, willing to adapt, uh, but really maintain that end goal in mind as, as they're doing their work. I, I can see this type of personality being exactly what you need to, to hire in your team. But when it comes to the leadership team, small biotech, fast growth, emerging area. Mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts on how to build the best leadership team in that space? In the building stage, you want to be clear about what you're building towards, right? So what what gaps are you trying to fill? What type of a team are you trying to 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 build? So what are you trying to add? And I'm actually a very big proponent of building teams with members that have complementary skill sets and and sort of diverse backgrounds as well. And um, I think that adds a lot of value. I think that adds diversity of thought, diversity of approaches. Uh, helping in troubleshooting or, or thinking about the strategy and, and building the vision. Um, I mean, I, again, at Lucy, um, our, our CEO, Amy Ripka, is a, is a talented, amazing medicinal chemist. Uh, I am not a medicinal chemist, and I, uh, I enjoy working with medicinal chemists, but that's not my, my background. And I think it's an example of how in the leadership team, we bring diverse perspectives, and I think that really brings strength to, to the team. I think, secondly, collaboration is critical, so really finding individuals who enjoy collaborating and that's the way that they they like to work not everybody does and that's fine but i think for the leadership team it really is important to build that in and um third i think it's also bouncing technical and business skills um so really bringing those type of you know scientific rigor and that type of an approach but also complementing that with you know strategic approaches and appreciation for the business and understanding how it functions and um then i guess lastly i'd just say 
I really like the idea of identifying individuals who are um, connectors. So folks who are really good, have great net networks, either professional networks and, and uh, scientific networks, but really enjoy seeing where there's differences in, in approaches and, and bringing those together to synergize. So I think if you build those type of uh, skills, you know, sort of that diversity of approach, the collaboration, um, technical scientific skills and business, as well as that connector uh, phenotype, I think that really helps to, to build a strong leadership team. Chris, just to finish on a bit of a more future facing question, I'd love to hear about you know, your thoughts on the next five to 10 years, how do you think the hiring landscape might change in biotech? It's a great question. I, I think you know, we've certainly seen a lot of change over the past couple of years in a lot of different ways. And I, I think for biotech, um, really, I think there's a lot of value that, that sort of gets back to an earlier question of, of identifying team members that have a diversity of experiences and, and sort of tapping into folks who've worked in academic centers or large pharma, smaller uh, companies, tech companies, and, and really bringing those diverse approaches to bear. I think that's something that will, will be great to see grow as we continue in the future. And I think this diversity really adds value to companies. Um, secondly, there's really been a strong move towards collaborations and partnerships in industry. And I think tapping into those external resources and not having to build everything internally, really finding experts on the outside to help us with, uh, with our problems that we're trying to face um, really is, is, is key. And I think it's also in the hiring side, important to have some internal expertise to help us when we're doing those type of uh, studies. So really an internal scientist to take ownership of that outside uh, collaboration, to bring their expertise to the design of the studies and also to critically be able to analyze the results when they come back in. And I think, you know, finally, I think we're gonna see creative ways that we continue to integrate talent and, and identify opportunities, you know, with less reliance on location. So ability to globally tap in and locally tap into phenomenal individuals and opportunities and really, you know, capitalizing on some of the tools that we we use for, you know, our day-to-day -day work, but really building in that mindset that it, you know, it doesn't matter where the talent is or where the opportunities are, we're, we're able to, to engage. So, um, you know, I think at Lucy, we've really taken this view towards the future as well. I think, you know, we've continue to build our phenomenal team uh, with, you know, diverse backgrounds. We really capitalize on the best external expertise and, and working with, with good collaborators and partners on the outside. And, and really, you know, we're always looking to find passionate team members, uh, whether it's locally or globally, to, to join our mission to, you know, address mitochondrial dysfunction. Thank you very much for coming on. And it's been a pleasure to have you. Great. Very nice speaking with you today. Thank you.